Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. Guys, this is welcome paradox. to the show. This is Paradox. And uh, we He's are actually... Josh. I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. We're coming to you live for the very first time from YouTube. You're actually not going to see this live because this episode doesn't drop for a few more weeks. But now you know, every Thursday at 2 o'clock, we do a content episode and we are going to be streaming live on YouTube. And so if you literally have nothing, it would probably be more useful for you to like organize your sock drawer. But if you like literally have nothing yeah, else to do. I'm thinking a lot of prisoners, <laughs> uh, people that are in solitaire. <laughs> Uh, uh -huh, solitary uh -huh. confinement, they would they would find this entertaining. And they might actually be used to torture them in That's solitary. True. Yes. Uh, Guantanamo so, uses these recordings. <laughs> so Thursdays, 2 p.m., log in. If you are somehow on today, you probably don't have a lot of sound. We'll fix that. But it's youtube.com backslash docs podcast. So welcome today. We're going to talk about John Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Marriage Apocalypse. Gottman yeah. is a marriage researcher out of Seattle. He's the man. He is like one of two of the leading researchers as far as marriage therapy is concerned. There's a lot of them out there, but he's one of the main guys. He discusses four different behaviors and attitudes and ways of interacting that spouses do that completely kill a marriage. Yes. In fact, a lot of you may have heard of John Gottman because he's been on, you know, 60 Minutes and, and Dateline. And he's famous for ha he can interview a couple for two minutes for 120 seconds. And he can predict with 98 percent accuracy whether they will divorce or not. And what he's looking for in their interactions are the four horsemen. And when we do couples therapy here, you see these all the time. And it is a way, for me anyway, it's a way of gauging sort of the severity of what's going on with the couple. Uh, is is how many of the four horsemen do you see in this couple's interaction? All right, the four horsemen are, I'll Sam, and then we'll define each of them a little bit more. Criticism contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And in a lot of ways, stonewalling is kind of a result of the other three. Mm -hmm. We'll take the first one, criticism. Here's how he, uh, Gottman breaks down criticism. He says that we should complain about a person's behavior. Positively. I.e., man, I wish you'd take out the trash. I wish I didn't have to remind you all the time to take out the trash. Complain about their behavior, but... What kind of a moron doesn't take out the trash? How many times do I have to tell you? Are you actually mentally deficient? That's criticism. And so instead of attacking the person, which most of us know is an ad hominem argument, meaning you're attacking the person. Inst you're not going to say, I don't know what I'm talking about now. No, so you did that last time. We've actually already recorded this part. We and just chunked it back to the and top. And threw it away. It's when you, you stop talking about the issue and you start attacking. The, you see this in politics 
all the time. We're not talking. We Yeah, we, you just start attacking. We quickly get away from whatever the issue is, and we just start attacking the person. So there is such thing as a positive complaint that we'll get to, but this is attacking the 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 person and yeah. not necessarily that's the what issue. Cri- that's what he considers to be criticism. And so when he sees a person, we're no longer talking about the issue at hand. We're talking about what a bad person the other person is. That's criticism. Contempt is the second. This is just a next step in the progression. Yeah. It's not just attacking the person verbally like criticism is. It's it's having an overall heart attitude towards the person that's vindictive and hateful. You see it. You can see it. it's, you know, contempt. You can also see it in like disgust. You'll see it in, in, a, in one of the spouse's face where they just go, just like you're beyond all hope. You're not worth me even responding to that. You can see that their heart is, it's been hardening over time and it is just about to solidify. And he says, this is the greatest negative predictor mm-hmm. within marriage. Yeah. The greatest predictor of, of divorce. When you hold someone else in contempt. And it's really an air of superiority. Absolutely. Um, it is. They are way down you there. Are beneath me. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is really a heart attitude where criticism is that verbal attack. The third is defensiveness. And in a lot of ways, defensiveness is self-protection through either righteous indignation or playing the victim yourself, it's a way to skirt the issue. You see this one all the time. I think criticism, you see that a lot. To tell you the truth, and and this is just me throwing this in, I think you see criticism more in women. And when we get to the last one, you see stonewalling more in guys. It's incredibly racist. True. We're not racist. I don't care what race they are. It's it's very misogynistic. Just joke. You're I'm criticizing just, massage therapists. Joke. I'm just throwing out. But it's just so binary. When you're talking about defensiveness, this this I think we all fall victim to this one because most arguments begin something like something around this. You brain dead moron. How many times do I have to blank? Well, as soon as we come at somebody, what Gottman calls an aggressive startup, then the first thing that other person does is defends. They defend themselves. And so we're, we, and then as soon as the other person takes a breath, then we attack back. How dare you say that? I can't believe after what you've done, you would mention this. And so we just attack, defend, attack, defend. It becomes this ping pong match, just attack, defend, attack, defend, until we both just get tired and we walk away, having not accomplished anything. Stonewall. And then stonewalling. Yeah, and it's it's exactly that. We get tired of the defensiveness and the criticism, and uh, we just, we stop fighting for it at all. We ignore each other, and we don't seek resolution on really any issues. And guys get there much quicker. Guys are the one, and again, I'm I'm thinking of Egrich in, in Love and Respect where many guys, if not most guys, shut down. It's not worth it. And that's This is what's going on in their mind. It's not worth it to have this conversation because she's going to blow up. She's going to be irrational. I'm just going to shut down. Both parties do it, obviously, just like both of them criticize. But guys tend to get to stonewalling quicker where it's just not worth the effort, and they shut down and close off. 
All right, nice definitions, Jimbo. Now let's kind of talk about what problems ensue because of these things, outside of, obviously, divorce in some cases. Part of the problem of the four horsemen is that they are very selfish. They don't seek the good and betterment of the marriage. They really only seek to protect the the self and lift up the self trying to then downplay and chop down the other, the spouse. And so it is, these four horsemen are really the height of selfishness. And obviously, God, just generally speaking in relationship, calls us to be selfless, not self-full. And specifically, though, in marriage, there has to be for it to work this dying of self, and the four horsemen is the opposite of that. Absolutely. One of the great things lacking in any and all marriages, especially those that are in trouble, is a lack of empathy, not being able to feel what the other person feels, see what the other person sees from their point of view. We lack empathy, and all these things are show a lack of empathy. There's a great book, and we're going to try to get Paul David Tripp on the show, but he wrote a book, and it's several years old now. In fact, it's been reprinted, but it's called What Did You Expect?, And it's fantastic because it addresses this very thing. All of us, all of us are dirty, rotten, miserable sinners. All of us are. We are, and we married someone who is a miserable, rotten sinner. What did you expect? You know, when we employ the four horsemen, be it criticism or stonewalling or or, uh, any of them, we are the, the great marriage verse of the Bible that we don't use all that much is get the sequoia redwood out of your own eye before you attempt to say anything about the nanoparticle in your spouse's eye. All of the four horsemen show a complete lack of introspection because anytime, we, and we've talked about this before, but anytime we're going to come into an argument or problem solving in a relationship, the first element of that conflict is humility because you are nobody to be getting on a soapbox. Nobody, nobody gets on. No one fits on a soapbox. Nobody because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done rude, selfish things within the relationship. And so for us to come at someone with contempt and with arrogance and with condescension, just shows your total lack of insight into your own behavior. I would say another problem with, and obviously there's probably endless problems with these four horsemen, is that it pits you and your spouse against each other. Again, if we're if if two are to become one, this chops the one in half and and puts uh, both spouses against each other, and so it seeks to divide. Because not yeah, absolutely join and our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers of this present darkness. That is one of the great ways, I believe, that Satan gets our eye off the ball. And he's called the deceiver, with a capital D, he's called the father of lies for a reason. Because once he gets us to view our spouse as the enemy, we've won. That's it. Satan is dancing a jig. He's just hopscotching at that point because he's now moving freely, completely unnoticed. And so absolutely, these things uh, pit uh, partners against each other. Instead of being on the same team, 
We are enemies. We're adversaries. And as soon as we begin seeing our spouse as the enemy, we've lost already. Any other problems? Those are the big ones. And, and here's, here's another thing. If we keep doing the same thing the same way, expecting a different result. I mean, we keep, we keep criticizing, thinking, oh, if I just say it louder, if I just use the F-bomb more frequently, oh, then they'll, then they'll understand. It. And it's sort of like, um, and again, back to Egrich and love and respect, because I, I love when he says, you know, what we lack is we want our spouse to love us more. That's why we're upset. I'm mad because the other person doesn't love me more. And he says, so our, our solution to that is we get a stick and we poke them in the eye until they love us more. We're doing the exact thing that's going to guarantee they're not going to love us more. Criticism, contempt, stonewalling, those are not going to work. They haven't worked. I feel contempt. <laughs> I feel contempt. With this lovely YouTube now, I'm trying to make fun of him by writing insults into Even the screen. Even when I've got wisdom that's gushing out of me like old faithful. I and wrote, you're still making fun. Uh, he likes to hear himself talk to the audience. Okay, I'm not going to say anything else. Done. To, to the audience of zero. I'm going to defend myself, and then I'm going to attack you. Go ahead. <laughs> and then you're going to stonewall me. Then I'm going to stonewall <laughs> Okay, so the solution, seriously, though, you were on a roll. I was. And expect more insults, but you just got to roll with it. Yeah, I know. N nothing, though? What? No more on that? Oh, just about what the problem No, I mean, that's... Tough. That's those are the two biggest issues. So I would say the solution for me for criticism is to focus more on I statements rather than you, 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 and to propose a positive solution to whatever the issue is. Yeah. Come with a solution. Correct. And the solution isn't do what I say. Correct. Yeah. yeah it's some sort of middle ground. And so focus on I statements instead of you're such an idiot for leaving the toilet seat up. It's something to the effect of, sweetheart, I love you. I know that this isn't an important thing to you because you don't necessarily fall into the toilet in the middle of the night, but it is an important thing for me. And it kind of, it, it makes me kind of feel frustrated or even sad at some level because we've had this talk time and time again when it keeps happening. And so I would love it if you were to just try to concentrate a little bit more on putting the toilet seat down. One thing real quickly, personally, with yep. you. In the middle of the night, don't you sit and pee in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to. I mean, who's going to lift the seat in the middle of the night? Like, you, the chances of hitting that. Are, from that distance is is cray cray. Sure, and if I can actually lay my head on the wall next yes. to the toilet and fall back asleep while going to the restroom, like that hasn't happened. It's Hello, pretty, it's pretty great. Correct. And so focus on I statements, less on you, and then propose a positive solution. And I would say, just like we do with children, we would never say, Johnny, you brought home a C. Are you stupid? How stupid are you, Johnny? We would never come at our kids with that kind of criticism. We all, as parents, we, it, it's instinctual for us that we talk about their behavior. We don't like the behaviors. Not them. It's the behavior. 
If we could just adopt the same sort of courtesy with our spouse as we afford our children, go. For contempt, you have to learn to choose to respect your spouse. Yeah. Regardless of whether you think he or she deserves it, choose to respect your spouse and really try to develop a culture of appreciation. Well, and this goes back to take the log out of your own eye. Anytime we use that type of contempt where we, are, we look at our spouse and perceive our spouse with, with such disdain, that says a thousand times more about us than it says about our spouse. It says that we are blind to our own sin and to our own shortcomings. Take the log out of your own eye before you attempt to address the speck in your spouse's and much less with something as hateful as contempt. Number three, defensiveness. So if the heart of defensiveness is just blaming the spouse and blaming him or her for doing whatever or causing whatever, certainly the opposite of that and the solution would be learn to accept responsibility yourself. It takes two to tango and 99% of issues, both people contributed. And so really take a hard look at your yourself and what you contributed to the issue. And if you think about it, most offensiveness is just out of a sense of insecurity. If we feel really good about ourselves, we go, my bad. Yep, that's on me. Yeah, I did it. Sorry, man, I suck at that. Okay, you're, you're right. That's me. I'm bad. But how many times do people that we work with or people that we, we're married to, it's like, it's been years since they've agreed that what they did was wrong or out of place. It's like there was Jesus 2,000 years ago, and then 2,000 years, and then you popped out. I mean, it's, it's almost crazy that we, we try to tell ourselves that we're always right, we're never wrong, we're always misunderstood. It's this narrative that's comical to someone on the outside. But to us, we have to never be wrong because our self-worth can't handle it. And then for the last one, stonewalling, you have to choose to engage. And often, you know, calling a 20-minute timeout to just get over the intense emotions that's causing you to desire to just ignore and stonewall, call, call a 20-minute timeout to catch your emotional breath and then come back to it and return to the conversation. Stonewalling is, and I love the phrase, it's just what you're saying. But it's moving into your spouse, move toward, move into your spouse. And again, I'm talking so much right now to guys, is, is when you want to pull back, when you want to, I just want to get out of the line of fire, instead of that, you move into, you don't shut down, you engage, you ask questions, you want to have the conversation. Even though every survival instinct in your head is just exploding, run, run away, don't do that. You move in and you engage in the conversation. Guys, this was Paradox. Yes, it was. On oh, YouTube. Here, I, just, uh, I just zoomed in on that puppy. On YouTube as well as in the airways here in a couple of weeks. And that was our episode on Four Horsemen. Uh, if you want more information about this show as well as extra steps to take if this hit close to home, go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube. Hello. It's at Docs Podcast. And then uh, you can find Jimmy and myself on those three platforms at our individual platforms. You can find that information at paradoxpodcast.com as well. Jimbo, anything else? Nothing. All right, take care. Peace out. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. 
For more information about our Paradox Evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. The foreword is by the pioneer woman. Now, I told both of my daughters that are in their 30s that I was going to be talking to you, and they were very excited. When I said that Reed Drummond did the foreword, it was like they could just cut off the rest of the book and read the foreword. <laughs> so I was I was thinking, since you're so close with Pioneer Woman, do you have like a, a ranch hand chili tater tots recipe that you could share with our listeners? 